started singing when I was about 17, and I could sing. It was like, it was a surprise, <laughs> to say the least. Okay, you guys. you buy me a mercedes benz she like took a flag and made a place in rock and roll for women she was the first my friends all drive porsches i must make amends janice was fearless with her pain and with her truth worked hard all my lifetime no help from my friends feeling things and really getting into it that's fun <laughs> Won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Everybody, oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? As it gets closer and more probable, being a star is really losing its meaning. But whatever it means, I'm ready. <laughs> Well, it's Friday. That, of course, is Janice, Little Girl Blue, 2015 documentary about Miss Janice Joplin, the first queen of rock and roll. We're talking rock in the 1960s, the psychedelic rock sound from San Francisco. Here she was from Port Arthur, Texas. And yesterday would have been her 80th birthday. Born Janice Lynn Joplin on January 19th, 1943 in Port Arthur, Texas. And she died on October 4th, 1970 at the age of 27 in Los Angeles, California of a heroin overdose. Mm. It was through Big Brother and the Holding Company that she really came into our stratosphere. Um, she's noted for that mezzo-soprano voice, an electric stage presence. I mean, that that's a, a Mercedes-Benz really was an acapella. It was, it, it was an unfinished because she was making the album Pearl. And then she died, and the, the album was not finished. <sighs> that's where you really have to take a big sigh because she had it. She had it, but then at the same time, she had all of these unfortunate trappings of rock and roll, drugs, sex, addiction, that weren't addressed, loneliness, um, being an outsider. You know, she started out her life in Port Arthur, Texas as an outsider. She was a true outsider, and it was through singing that she not only found her voice, her individuality. I mean, she was once voted some very, I, I don't even want to say it. She was bullied. I to, to hear her say, I was laughed out of town and out of the state, man. I'm going home. It That's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking. This, but that's where she really charged into her power as a rock icon really 
talented people who have suffered not just rejection professionally, but here she is early on by her peers. And it was through singing at Threadgills in Austin, Texas, that she found her voice, that she decided to hitchhike to San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to San Francisco, be sure to wear a flower in your hair. 1960s, you had to be there. And Janice was there. She was posthumously inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1995. Mm. Yeah. I mean... It's, it's, it's interesting. You know, her influences... Bessie Smith, Ma Rainey, and Lead Belly. Hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't even want to get into the scrutiny she faced. But what we can do is just talk about this, this woman. And, um, oh, God. And she could be on fire she could be on fire but then as i said she could really break your heart and she could break your heart and watching that dick cavett interview woo. i want to ask you about that tune <laughs> that you just sang like i just agreed to ask you about you you uh you wrote the first tune right wrote the first tune and what we just did it's um it's about men it's about men it was a little hard to tell what it was about because I was standing over there where the sound well, was a little distorted. Well, inside of my head, that's what it's about anyway. Yeah. It's about, did you ever see those mule carts? Yeah. They, uh, there's a dumb mule up there, right? And they have a long stick with a string and a carrot hanging in it. Tim and they hang this thing out in front of the mule's nose. Mm -hmm. And he runs after it all day long. And Some, who is the man in this, in this parable? The mule or the, the person no. holding the carrot? The, the woman is the is the mule and chasing the something that somebody's always teasing constantly chasing a man yeah who always eludes her well they just always hold up something more than they're prepared to give <laughs> i have to defend my entire sex ladies and gentlemen the burden of the Go defense right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> When arm wrestling, I could take you two out of three. I, have a I hope so. Do you, uh, do you actually sit down when you get up in the morning and, and write out a song? Or do you, when you say you write it, do you compose it on, you on your You just make it up. I don't write songs. I just make them up. They don't exist on paper, your songs. Sometimes I write down the words. So I don't forget them. But, I mean, I don't write songs. I mean, that's a whole different concept. I just make them up. Yeah. What do you think when you're singing? Are you actually thinking what's going on in the song? Or can your mind be somewhere else? Or... Do you feel kind of transported really or thinking much. any of the above? I'm not really thinking much. You're just sort of trying to yeah. feel. Yeah. When last I heard of you, you were in the jungles of Brazil. Or maybe not the jungles. It was pretty funky, but it wasn't the jungle. Not the jungle, the cities. No, we, we I uh, went the to... funky cities. I went to Rio for a carnival. And then I decided to hitchhike around the uh, northern part of Brazil and... 
And this was not working, just uh, as a kind of vacation? Just like a regular old beatnik on the road. Yeah. You ever get back to Port Arthur, Texas? No, but I'm going back next in August, man. I guess what I'm doing. I don't know. Net I'm going to next? my 10th annual high school reunion. Oh, I want to take movies and bring them back. Hey, would shows, you like to go? Well, I, I don't remember. I don't have that many friends in your high school class. I don't either. Or mine for that. Matter. I don't either, believe You me. don't either. You, what, you were, uh, weren't you kind of a, a, weren't you kind of a business administration major or something in, in high school? Or, no, it's no. something in your past. You were. Uh, I worked. Yeah. Had something to do with IBM cards. Once I did that, yeah, I worked IBM cards. Mm -hmm. But in school, I majored in, in art. I was a painter at the time. Yeah. And do you think you'll have a lot to say to your old high school classmates? I'm going to laugh a lot. <laughs> Were you not uh, surrounded by friends in high school? They laughed me out of class, out of town, and out of the state. Mm. So I'm going home. <laughs> And that's, that's a powerful thing because you look at Janice's face and it's still there. And um, that documentary, Little Girl Blue, is so powerful. And it's narrated by Chan Marshall, who is of the band Cat Power, who is herself so just brilliant. But to have her, and she and she really does it in terms of um, becoming this narration of Janice. And I wanted to just highlight that in the documentary. I mean, you can watch it anytime it's... I mean, and Janice was one of the first. There are a lot of women in rock and roll, but in rock... In the 1960s, when it was an all-male club, and then you had Grace Slick of the Jefferson Airplane, and then you had Janis Joplin and Big Brother and the Holding Company. And um, it, it really changed. What changed was Monterey Pop. Monterey Pop changed everything. Everything. And, yeah. Everything. Now, Little Girl Blue is available on uh, Vudu, uh, Apple TV, and Amazon Prime. Um, I mean, what a what a trailblazer! Nobody singed, or I'm sorry, sang like Janis Joplin. She sang. A, a gentleman on ABC said when he first saw her, he says she didn't sing chords. Or notes, she sang chords. Yeah. She 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 threw it down. She was not faking it when she was up there. Whether she was telling them to tell mama all about it. She's obviously talking to a man. Or busted flat in Baton Rouge waiting for a train. Me and Bobby McGee, get it while you can. Um, cosmic Blues. Uh, one my personal favorite, one good man, where she's talking about she just wants a mansion in the south. Um, to uh, little girl blue, to raise your hand, work me, Lord. 
I mean, Janice, in terms of facilitating that voice that she, oh. and her interviews are legendary, especially with with Dick Cavett. I mean, um, I, I want to play a really clip, a real funny clip, where the, this it was the it was the era of the times. That's how plugged in she was. Here we are. I mean, she would have been 80. Just imagine 80-year-old Janis Joplin. I hate Dick Cavett still with us. <laughs> Stockholm, uh, Copenhagen. May I light your fire, my child? <laughs> That's my favorite singer. How'd you know? I guess not. Apparently not, no. <laughs> well, I would have bet against it myself. When he says that, may I light your fire, my child? <laughs> and she's like, she's like, oh, yeah, the doors. <laughs> <sighs> Think of the people that Janis Joplin influenced, like Melissa Etheridge. Mm. Like Miley Cyrus. She's good friends with Tina Turner. Janis Joplin told Dick Cavett about Tina Turner before anyone else really knew who Tina Turner and Ike were. And as she's describing it, she's not, you can tell she has a disdain for Ike. But then how Tina, Tina really is the show, which was true. Tina was the show. And to have Tina Turner describe her and say she was absolutely fabulous. She wasn't trying to be anything else that she was, which was Janis Joplin, okay. You know, even you can you can see the influence in people like Amy Winehouse and and um, uh, Joan Jett because Janis rocked. That's what Janis did. She took it from the blues, and like many, she pumped it up. Her there are so many different renditions of "Summertime," okay. There's Ella Fitzgerald version of Summertime, which is exquisite. There's Billie Holiday's. I mean, every, everyone has done Summertime. Janis Joplin's version of Summertime is bewitching. It, it, it takes the narrative from that song into a total different stratosphere. I'm sure the writer who wrote Summertime probably would have did some acid just to really conceptualize what Janice did with that fucking song. I mean, and, and, and she's singing it pretty. And then what she's doing is she's twisting it. And that's, that was Janice's specialty. And she, I think she was doing it with big brother and the whole company. But, and and I love all the versions of Summertime. I mean, I love I love Ella Fitzgerald's. I love Billie Holiday's. But Janis Joplin's version of, I just told you, it's bewitching. Because she's living it. She's soaked in it. The way she introduces it in that Texas draw. Next, next to him for a year is called Summertime. I mean, she never lost that. She never, she was, you know, very authentic 
We're going to play it. I don't care if we get in trouble. Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. We're doing it for Janice. And I want to pull away from that. Janice had her own way of singing. You could call it unorthodox. And then she's asserting herself into it. And then she's got and then she's hitting those she's hitting those chords. Come on, baby, baby, baby. And and she's talking within it. And the way she opens summertime. I I remember when I first got into her and I was watching this program and my grandmother could not stand Janice Joplin. <laughs> it's rock and roll. <laughs> and I my grandmother was like, "Oh my god, I never liked her voice." And I and I was so taken by that cuz I thought I loved it. I'll never forget the first time I heard Janice Joplin because that's not my generation, but the to I think it was some kind of end of the century program and they were talking about the four popular female singers of the century and Janis Joplin was one of them right and and Billie Holiday before her and Elvis Joe and how I think it was Barbara Walters she was saying how like Billie Holiday Janis Joplin got into heroin and um but then you had all these people very prolific people talking about Janis Joplin, like the late Jesse Norman, this opera singer, talking about how Janis Joplin used that voice in such a way that was magne- mag- magnifying and mystifying, and um, and she and she's and and as I said, 
That's an all-male world of rock and roll. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And she's in the, she's smoking it. She's fucking it. She's taking it everywhere. Okay? She's taking it. And then you've got Celine Dion. Celine Dion, who was influenced heavily by Janis Joplin. A lot of you can't hear that, probably because you don't like Janice. But Celine Dion, I saw, she's in the program, and she loved Janice Joplin. And how she would cry a little bit in the song, and she'd scream, and she'd shout. And she was like, I love Janice Joplin because she's very passionate. And that's for damn sure she was passionate. And you could feel it, and you could, I mean... But that that performance of Summertime, it still leaves me in stitches. Or not in stitches, that's the wrong word to say. That's for comedy. What, what does Summertime do to me? It's spellbinding. Because she's gone. And she had it. And she just didn't give a fuck what she did with it. She... And she, like I said, she's asserting herself into the song. Where she's like, hush, baby, 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 baby. And she's talking. That was always the the thing about Janice was vocally, she was reaching that stratosphere. She was not reaching it in a pretty way. She wasn't trying to. She was reaching it in such a, a... an urgency. She, you know, she was a mezzo soprano, so there's such an urgent, almost like a call, a battle cry, to Janis Joplin. Like she will not be um, quiet. She just won't. She refuses. She needs to be heard. And um, that set her apart from the others in rock and roll. And and it and it ultimately was her downfall. And there's a really great documentary called Festival Express, where that was the last show she did, traveling around Canada with the Grateful Dead, the band, Buddy Guy, the Flying Burrito Brothers, on this Canadian leg, and they're drinking and doing all kinds of shit on the train, you know? Um, but that documentary, uh, Little Girl Blue, that's all Janice. That's all Janice. Um, it, it's hard to say what Janice would be doing now. She'd be 80 years old. And, and I say this because Janice at that time was very unconventional. First of all, she was the first hippie pinup, okay? She did not look, she did not have a, a, a traditional look. And she came from Port Arthur, Texas, where you were supposed to look tradi- traditional, go to typing class, and marry, and have kids. And she didn't do that shit, okay? And so she left, went to San Francisco, and boom, boom. It's almost she, like she became a San Franciscan like overnight. 
or not overnight, but it when people leave their their homes and they go to San Francisco and it's almost like they were born there. And in that moment of resurgence, they were born there. Okay. Of rebirth. Oh my God. And I say she was not, you know, she did very unorthodox things. Today, we would consider normal. Janis Joplin had male lovers, she had female lovers. That was a big no no in the 1960s, motherfuckers. But in San Francisco, it was fair to, fair game. It was fair game. And she had a girlfriend in San Francisco who was a painter. And I think she's in the documentary. And then she had another, Peggy, Peggy Cursurda. And then she, oh God. In terms of the pig pen from, from uh, the Grateful Dead, probably Jerry Garcia. There's even rumors of Dick Cavett. But, and as we end tonight's show, you know, I'm talking passionately about Janice because you cannot deny. And and I tell everyone to do this. Listen to her version of Summertime. That version that I just played for you. It's on YouTube. That is the most electric, mystifying, calming version of summertime that I have ever heard. Billie Holiday sings it one way. Ella Fitzgerald sings it another. You know, you got the jazz, you got the blues, and then Janis Joplin sings it. Janis sings it in Janice's own style. She doesn't take anything from the past of it. She just, boom. It's there in the 1960s. And it hits you like a blade of grass. It just hits you. And that's why Summertime is such a special song. And that's why Janice, you know, it, it bothers me when people roll their eyes when I mention Janis Joplin. Even certain family members who don't care for Janis. And that's fine. That's fine. Have your little singer that sings pretty. That's great. Um, but you cannot deny the passion and the urgency in Janis Joplin. So that documentary, Little Girl Blue is essential for the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. On this, uh, I mean, yesterday would have been her 80th birthday. And and we, you know, we look at someone like that. All these people who died so, so young. 27 is very fucking young. You're not 30 yet. You're not even 35. You are still in your 20s. In the middle. You're... And then you die and you're in limbo forever age-wise. You are frozen in time. Your legacy is frozen. And so there's that what-if factor, what might have been. And with Janis Joplin, that was just... In fact, 
the producers of the, the, the Pearl album, they worked like mad to get it done. And that became her posthumous number one, her posthumous number one song, Me and Bobby McGee, was her biggest hit. She didn't live to see it. She didn't live to see the Grammy nominations that she received. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The legacy that continues to endure. Bette Midler playing a composite of her in The Rose. Even Bette Midler said she was playing a composite of of Janis Joplin. But she says, I don't think anyone will ever capture who or what, what she was. Because you can't. Now a documentary can. That's why documentaries are so powerful. I could play some of Monterey Pop, but I won't. Because that's where it all started. Monterey Pop, that moment. In fact, they almost didn't run the cameras. Because everyone had to sign a waiver for D.A. Penny Baker. D.A. Penny Baker, this prolific... You know, he did the Bob Dylan documentary. He did uh, the Depeche Mode documentary. But he did Monterey Pop. Monterey Pop. And Big Brother and the Holding Company didn't want to do a filmed performance. So they didn't sign the releases. And Janice raised hell, said, no, we're going to do it. And they did it. And they did Ball and Chain. Ball and Chain. Just. it. It's like. A, it just hit. You know. I'll play it. Fuck it. I'll play it. Because. There's this moment. Where you see. Ma- Mama Cass. Of, of Mamas and the Papas. And her mouth. Is dropped open. And, and that is the moment. That Janis Joplin. Became a star. Pe- people were just stunned. And so was Clive Davis, legendary Clive Davis, who went on to sign Big Brother and the Holding Company, as well as Janice, to Columbia Records, all because of Monterey Pop. Just looking out at the rain down by my window Just looking out at the rain Some came along
Whew. Oh yeah. It hits you, you feel it. Janice, happy birthday. For eighty years. We have loved you. We have we have, we have revered you. And we will never forget you. Unpleasant dreams.